Praise God. I want to preach to you today what I feel the Lord has laid upon my heart. And I ask, I sought the Lord earnestly that we may uh, feed this flock today. I trust that you're ready for preaching. And I trust another thing that I have not burned you out on the 19th chapter of the book of Luke. Don't you get burned out before I get burned out. If we do, we're going to be in trouble. But uh, I still feel some more. In fact, I feel some more even after this message today. Well, I might feel some more. I'm not sure. It just depends on how this one goes today. Amen. But I want to obey the Lord today. Luke, the 19th chapter, and I'm going to read the fifth verse. I want to bore you with a reading through all this again. Uh, if you've been here in the last few weeks, you've been hearing about Zacchaeus. And, but I'll call your attention to this fifth verse. And when Jesus was come to the place, he looked up and he saw him and said unto him, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down, for today I must abide at thy house. And he made haste and came down and received him joyfully. I want to preach to you today from the same subject, the saving attitude, but uh, this is where I'd like to turn your direction to today in this, doing what you are asked to do, doing what you're asked to do. Everybody say it with me, doing what you're asked to do. Say it one more time, doing what you're asked to do. Amen. The Lord bless you. You can be seated. Want your help today? Please don't move around any more than what's absolutely necessary. Stay right here with me and help me obey the Holy Ghost today. I want us to look at this today from this standpoint, and that's how he responded to what he was told to do. How Zacchaeus responded to what he was asked to do. First of all, he was told, he was, his name was called, make haste and come down, for today I must abide at thy house. Only two things he was asked to do. Jesus asked him to make haste and to come down. And on his own, he did three things. He received him joyfully. And then if you read on down in the eighth verse, you find out that on his own, he gave half of his goods to the poor. And on his own again, he said, if I've taken anything but false accusation, and that's in the eighth verse, I will restore him fourfold if I have taken anything. Notice again, Jesus only asked two things. He said, make haste. And come down. Two things he asked him to do. And from that simple request, his response was this. He came, the Bible said that he did it just like he asked him to do it. That he made haste and came down. And then the next thing that he did that he was not asked, he received him joyfully. And the second thing he did was that he said, I'll give back, I'll give half of my goods to feed the poor. And the third thing, if I've taken anything by false accusation, I'll give it fourfold back to whoever I've taken it from. Four, three things that he, he did. 
Three of them that he was not asked to, he was only asked to do the two. One, make haste, come down. And then he was asked, he on his own, joyfully did it, giving up half of his good to feed the poor. And then, ready and willing, I'm going to make the wrongs right. It's very important today when God calls on you. Let me tell you this. Where people miss God is at this very point. They, they're waiting for God to call upon them to do something that is so profound that, you know, and so complex that they can't hardly figure out how to do it. And then they're, you know, they have the feeling in their heart, well, I'll just, uh, let me use this term, break my neck almost to do it. But I'm here to tell you today that, that he does not call upon us to do the hard things. He calls upon us to do things that are very, very simple. This was a very simple request that he made of uh, this man, Zacchaeus. It was just simply to do this. Make haste and come down. I must go to your house. But the most simple things that God calls upon us to do, if we're not careful, we'll find our flesh flinching from them, pulling back from them, failing to do what he calls upon us to do. And we're waiting, we're thinking, you know, I want to be used, I want to I do something for the Lord. And uh, I would have to question your experience with God if there's not a feeling in your heart of a desire to be useful in God's kingdom. I believe every person, anybody I've ever seen get the Holy Ghost, immediately they had a feeling. I sensed it from their talk, their conversation. I want to find my place. I want to do something for God. Well, let me tell you today, don't overlook the very simple things that he will call upon you to do. And you make sure that you're a good steward over those simple things. Because if you don't ever have, know, learn how to do the very simple and the very basic things that he would call upon you to do, you will, you will not advance. You will not go any farther in the Lord until you do the simple, the simplest things. Do it and do it as... And again, I just see so much wisdom in this little man named Zacchaeus because he did not only do it, but he did it. Uh, he went beyond the call of duty. When, when he said, make haste and come down, not only did he make haste and come down, but he did it joyfully. And then on his own, he said, well, huh, I'll give half my goods to feed the poor and I'll give back anything I have taken and there just spring forth such a willing heart. It troubles me if I see people start flinching and drawing back. I'm going to tell you again today and I may sound like a broken record to you but he is not going to call on you to do anything that's going to be hard for you. You will never in all the messages you ever hear preached, preach those preached under the anointing and the unction of the Holy Ghost. You will never hear nothing from over this pulpit stand that will ever be something that you cannot do. Don't worry about it. Relax. Breathe deep. Enjoy life. Amen. We're going to enjoy the trip. We're on our way to heaven. We just soon to enjoy it. Now there will be times that you will hear things that your flesh will flinch from and pull back because it, your flesh is wanting to fulfill the lust and the desire of this carnal nature that is in you. Amen. Understand me very close today. 
And many, many people have traded a pulpit like you're looking at today for a pulpit that will speak to them smooth, soothing words that never cross or conflict the desires of the lust of their flesh. All it does is enhance what they wanted to do anyway and just kind of pats them on the back. Many people study this book like they would study a history book. And it is an interesting book, but I'm going to tell you this book is more than just a book to be fascinated by. It's a book to change your very lifestyle. And if you're not going to apply it to your, your life and your everyday walk with God, and uh, you're, you're wasting your time to read and to study this book. It was meant more than just to be read as a book. But it is meant for us to take it and apply it. And that's what the preach word of God does. You come here, sit on these pews, and we take these scriptures. We break these scriptures down. We show you what God and how this scripture applies to our everyday walk with God. These are, this is something very hard for people to do. It's very hard for people to be led. There is not a man here today of maturity that would not readily agree with me and nod their head in the affirmative today. If I told these young men, young men, if you will learn, first of all, how to listen. And when you, when you hear, hear the detail, I mean, when he says, come down and make haste, don't just catch the come down, catch the make haste along with the come down. Because you may hear the come down and you may feel like, well, the make haste, that's, that's optional. But I'm going to tell you, if you're going to do things in life and be blessed in the material side of life and uh, grow and be all you can be in life, you're going to have to have good ears to hear with. And you're going to have to do like my dear old dad used to always say, you're going to have to learn how to read between the lines. You can't just always read what's on the line. You've got to read between those lines and you've got to find out. What did he mean and what was he saying? He could have come down that tree at his own casual speed, you know, just kind of like however he wanted to, taking his time, unconcerned. But Jesus said, come down, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down. And Zacchaeus got the full message. He got the whole message because the Bible said that he did just that, that he made haste and he came down. And when he got down, he received him joyfully. Oh, I'm telling you today, you, you're talking about unlocking some secrets to life. They're in this scripture today. If you can understand the importance of this, you will, you will do well in life. If you can understand when the boss or wherever says, tells you something, that you don't just hear part of it and you don't just have a negative, bad old attitude. Well, they're always calling on me to do more than they ask others to do. Why does he want me to stay late? And why should I have a, uh, this extra duty and, and this extra work? Why is, why, why is the world always picking on me? No, the world's not picking on you. You just need to change your attitude. Change your spirit. 
Everybody say praise the Lord. And be willing to listen. I'm going to tell you, if you don't learn to listen in life and the natural things, I've watched it time and time again. Sorry to tell you this, but it's very unlikely you're going to listen when you get to church either. Boy, it parallels real close together. And by the way, it's getting quiet around here too. If you don't learn to listen to the boss man, it's doubtful that you're going to hear the word of God when you get to the house of the Lord. It's doubtful that you're really going to tune in to what God is saying and what God wants to do and what God wants to do out of your life. Too many times we take all these things as just, just it's optional, you know, do it if you want to. But I'm going to tell you something today. If you're going to be saved, oh, Lord, help us. Get a good attitude. I watch people receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost and come in this church and, and immediately I can see not only has God given them a baptism of the Spirit and taken old habits away and delivered them of sins, He has touched their attitude and their spirit toward the authority of the Word of God and the things of God. Many, many times people are... are Filled with joy and they're glad they have, well, let me say every time, when they received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, Brother Verbal Bean used to say, you could tell them at that point that the moon was made out of blue cheese. And they would nod their head. They just, you know, they were just open and they were hungry and they were seeking God. But I want to tell you, the enemy of your soul will go to working on you. And he will do everything that's in his power to change your attitude toward this pulpit that I stand up here behind today. He will do everything in his power to change it. But if you can maintain that good spirit and good attitude and open heart and say, preach to me, I want to be saved, I want to be what God wants me to be, then you can be led on and on in God, deeper, your experience will go deeper and deeper. I, I think about today all the miserable people that are in this city. And you know who are the most miserable people that are in this city, in this entire world, are people that once knew God in the power of the Holy Ghost. And they're, uh, they've lost out with God, and uh, they're bound by the things of sin, and they're troubled, they're confused, they're full of frustrations, they're troubled in their mind. You know why? Because... The devil cut that tie between them and the word of the Lord. I'm here to tell you today, the only way that you're going to be saved is to sit on a pew and hear somebody preach to you. And it's not going to preach to you things that are so profound. It's going to be the very simple things. But I'm going to tell you, when you hear those simple things, you need to do like Zacchaeus did. You need to reach out and grab them and make haste and do it. And, uh, and do it how? Do it joyfully, not with a long face and say, oh, yeah. Do it out of your heart with the joy of the Holy Ghost in your soul. Amen. A beautiful type and shadow, and there are many of them in the Old Testament, but one of them, of the bride of Jesus Christ, is found in the very first book of the Bible, in the book of Genesis, about the 24th chapter. Don't open your Bibles, make a note if you want to read it later. But it's one of the most beautiful stories, of the, of which is a type and a shadow of the bride of Christ. And it is this, 
It's when Abraham, the Bible said that he was old. Sarah had died. And uh, it was time that they would find Isaac a bride. And he calls his elder servant to him. And he says, come here, I've got a job for you to do. And this elder servant comes to Abraham. And he says, swear unto me this that you will go not take a bride for my son out of the Canaanites, but you will go back to my homeland and you will find one that uh, will believe this hero is with the Lord our God is one God, not a heathen, but somebody that will fear God. Swear unto me that you will go back there and you will find And the servant said this, Preventure, the woman will not be willing to follow me unto the land. And he said, if she won't follow you, well, he went on to say, should I take Isaac to her? He said, oh, no. Don't you take Isaac to her. You have her to come to Isaac. And they, he says, it will, well, what about this oath that I'm under if she is not willing to go? He said, you will be free from it. But Abraham said something that was beautiful, inspired by God. He said, if, I'll tell you what God will do, God will send his angels before you. And he's going to prepare one out there. Thank you, Jesus. You just go do what I told you to do, and God's going to work on the other end of the line. And they, he journeyed to this far country homeland of Abraham. And when he got there, he come to a well. The Bible said he made the camels get on their knees. He knelt down and he began to pray. And he said, now God, you know what kind of oath I'm under? You know what my master has asked me to do? And I'm asking you to send a, a girl here that when they come to draw water. And he made this. Said, God, you let her not only be willing. When I ask for a drink, let her say, let me... Draw for your camels also. And the Bible said while he was yet praying, while he was yet speaking, he looked up and here come a damsel cross. And he spoke to her and he said, let me have a drink. And she, the Bible said, and here's this word again, she hastened and let down her pitcher and gave him to drink. And she looked and she seen those camels on their knees. I guess they were praying too. And she felt sorry for them thirsty, hot camels. And she said, I'll draw for your camels also. Brother, I'm going to tell you that's a long ways from the spirit of the ERA, isn't it? I'll draw for your camels also. And the Bible said she ran to the well. Nobody told her. Here was a secret test. Here was... The only warning signal that she got was this, was when this servant said, give me a drink. A simple request, give me a drink. She could have said, you smart at it, drink, draw for yourself. I'm not obligated to draw for you, go get it yourself. Brother, I'm going to tell you, in homes, people are doing a terrible thing, men and wives, simple little request of each other. They're not sensitive to one another, 
And then one day when they need help and they need somebody to stand by their side, the love and the devotion is not there. And it's easier to find somebody else and start the ball all over and the cycle all over. And you're going to be right back where you were at before because you didn't do the things you needed to do to build the kind of marriage that you should have built to start with. Hope you get the wisdom of all that that I just gave you. Everybody say praise the Lord. She ran. She hastened. And I'm going to tell you, marriage is not a one-way street. It's not a man to sit around and dictate, go get me this and go get me that. It comes a time for you to go get. And it comes a time for her to go get. And Jesus, the Apostle Paul said, the way you're supposed to love your companion as Christ loved the church. And what did he do? He gave himself for it. Well, everybody say that with me. And he gave himself for it. I'll tell you, there's a real plague in Pentecost today, and it's divorce and remarrying and all this. But a lot of it is just what I'm preaching about today. It's a lack of people being sensitive to it, one another. I know I'm completely off my subject, but I'm still on it too. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Because my subject is just wherever there needs to be some preaching right there. That's where I preach. Amen, a little bit. Build your home. Build your marriage. Build trust into one another. Build a feeling for one another. Care about one another. Be considerate of one another. Be willing to go the second mile for one another. And you'll build with you a partner that'll walk through with you through hell itself. When your luck is down, they'll be with you. And everything's going against you, they'll be with you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. They're not just a good time partner for the high rolling, but they're, they're a partner always. How do you like that? Go back with me to the servant. Abraham says, come here, elder servant. I want you to do something. I want you to go find a bride for my son. And that's, that's where I stand today. I'm just a servant. I'm just an elder servant. I'm one that God has called to preach and to dig out a bride. And brother, I'm going to tell you, sometimes I look at this thing and uh, you wonder, Lord, who's going to be willing to go back? See, that's the reason I know that I'm absolutely preaching the right message, standing for the right things, because it goes beyond the carnal thinking. Carnality will not follow the servant back to Abraham's house. Carnality, carnal thinking will not. I mean, they'll reason it out. Well, I'm telling you what, why should I leave here? And when her mother and dad said, well, I'll tell you what, we're willing for her to go back. Of course, this was after the, the servant had given Rebecca all kind of, he opened up his chest, then jewel chest, and he just began to give her all kind of treasures of beautiful things. Ooh, what's the type in the shadow of what? The baptism of the Holy Ghost. Before you can get into that treasure chest, you've got to be willing, willing to repent, glad about repenting, glad about getting out of this world, glad about shaking sin. 
glad about give, giving up all this old world. You got to do it out of your heart. You got to be glad because you're doing it. And then when you're excited about it, you're glad about it, and here goes sin, and here goes the world, and here goes the television, and here goes things of this world. Then heaven just opens up its treasure chest and says, come on now, look inside. I'll give you things. I'll give you real life. I'll give you living water. I'll give you real happiness and real peace and real joy. And I'll make your life worth living. But her, here, here, here comes another, somebody else to stop her. Boy, I've seen this one happen so many times. People come repent and excited about God and and God opened up his treasure chest and let them feel the rich blessings of God and enjoy the good things of God. And then, what do you have to contend with? They go home, their, their folks, their brother, their sister, their mother, their dad. Somebody comes along, their neighbor comes along and says, Oh, I don't think you need to go and I don't think you need to do all that. And this is where Rebecca was standing that day. She goes back home and they say, well, Yes, we're glad, we'll be willing for you to go back with a man, but why don't you just abide around here about ten days? And that servant of Abraham said, oh, no, I'm, I, I'm either leaving with her or without her. We're not going to stay here no 10 days. I've spent one night and it's time to go. The apostle Paul said, I conferred not with flesh and blood. You start reasoning this thing out, you won't live for God. You won't pay the price. You won't do what you need to do. And sometimes, as the servant of Abraham, that's, that, that's the part I'm playing today. We're in this world. It's 1990. We're here at the very close, and the very coming of the Lord is upon us. And God has burdened my heart and put it in my heart. I still believe. I believe with all of my heart. I believe in 1990 that we're going to have a church and I believe it's going to be people that's going to love this truth. I don't believe we have to backslide. I don't believe we have to compromise. I don't believe we have to water down this message. I don't believe we have to turn our heads. I don't believe it. I don't believe it. I will not accept it. I believe you can still preach holiness and have a mighty move of the Holy Ghost. In fact, I believe that's the only way you can have it. I don't believe that we have to dilute the message. I don't believe we have to turn about half charismatic to reach this world. I believe that we can stand flat-footed against sin, against the world, and tell people the truth. You need to receive him joyfully today. You know, I'm going to tell you, when you get in the inside of this way this, this message operates and the way God has set his church up, it, it gets exciting. Because he's built into it. People that don't really want to go to heaven, he's got it built into this thing to sidetrack them. It's built into this. They'll fall by the wayside. They'll slip to the right and the left. But the old church will just keep Chugging along and marching on victorious. Victory after victory. God's going to have a church. Brother, when man gets so smart and he starts diluting the message, 
And, uh, you know, the servant could have said to Abraham, said, well, if she don't go with me, I'll tell you what we'll do. We'll just carry Isaac down there a few days and, and we'll win, him, win her over and we'll move them all back down here and, and we'll just figure, we'll connive around and manipulate around and we'll figure out a plan. We're going to slip up on the blind side of them and we're going to get them in this church and, and then we get them in, we're going to really straighten them up. The kingdom of God has never been like that. Jesus said, let a man sit down and count the cost. Somebody needs to tell him what's going to cost him something. I'm not ready to slip them on no blind side of nobody. People that I've seen one and seen amount to something is people you just met eyeball to eyeball. You met them head on with the truth. And you said, this is it. This will save you. This will bless you. This will deliver you. This will set you free. This will do you good. This will help you. This will change you. This will transform you. This will turn you around. This will make you an overcomer. This will make you victorious. Brother, those that found with the right attitude and the right spirit, you said, make haste and come down. They didn't drag about it. They just slid down. They said, here we are. Man, I tell you what, we found the, we found the fountain. He could have, he could have argued. He could have said, you know, there'll be another way. I don't want to be disappointed. Nobody don't like to be disappointed. Nobody don't like to have their ego damaged. I've never seen anybody walk away from this church that I was excited about it. It grieved my heart. But for everybody I've seen do that, you know what I've seen God do? I've seen him send his angels before me and before this church. Somebody said, what got me? What was it that got me in this church? I'll tell you what it was. It was an angel. An angel was out there working on the other end of the line. You're not here by no accident. You're here on purpose. God knew that I love this message, and God knew that in your heart you would love this message. And he said they got to get together. It wasn't me that done it. It was God that done it. I've watched people, I've seen people come to this church. Come. You know the reason they come? Come because they love the truth. Because I'm going to tell you, I don't try to outthink people. I'm not a manipulator today. I'm not a proselyter. People that's come to this church come because they wanted to come. They didn't come over a steak dinner and and patting them on the back and figuring out a way or offering them some kind of position. But I'm going to promise you nothing. I'm going to promise you one thing, and that's the truth. I'm going to promise you one thing. I'm going to stand in this pulpit, and I'm going to preach by the help of the Holy Ghost. Thank you, Jesus. The angels at work today, he's going to work until they blow the trumpet and the Lord comes back after his church. The angels at work. Thank you, Jesus. How will this thing work? There are people today, there are preachers that are so confused. 
because they're so afraid that it will not work. But it will. It will. I'll tell you what it'll do. It'll turn people off that don't want the message, and it'll turn people on that want it. Hallelujah. I'm here to tell you today, you've got to have a preacher. You'll never make it to heaven unless you come to the point, bring yourself to the place that you're willing to listen to a preacher preach to you. It's not my plan, it's God's plan. When Saul was knocked down on the road to Damascus, when that light shone down from out of heaven, Acts the ninth chapter and the sixth verse, and the Lord said unto him, Arise and go into the city, and it shall be told thee what thou must do. Angels didn't preach it. He said, A man's going to preach to you. Tenth chapter of the book of Acts, Cornelius' household. He was a good man. He prayed. He gave alms. He had, had a vision. Angel talked to him, but that wasn't enough. He didn't tell him what to do. What did he tell him to do? You go to call for Peter. Send servants to Joppa. Call for one named Simon Peter. And Peter's going to come over to your house. And he's going to tell you what you've got to do to be saved. Thank you for the truth. 1 Thessalonians, the 5th chapter, and the 12th verse. And we beseech you, brethren, to know them which labor among you and are over you, over you, everybody say over you, in the Lord and admonish you. And to esteem them very highly in love for their work's sake and be at peace among yourself. Now we exhort you, brethren, warn them that are unruly. Hebrews, the 13th chapter. you got to have a pastor to be saved, my friend. If you get to heaven, it's going to be because you had a pulpit in your life. I don't believe that song. Me and Jesus has got my own thing going. You've got to have a church. You've got to have a pastor. You've got to have a man of God. You've got to have a servant of Abraham. He's going to dig out a bride. He's going to find somebody that's willing, with the right attitude and the right spirit. A church member found this one for me. I'd never noticed this. Brother Junior Looper, 13th chapter of the book of Hebrews. Three times in this one chapter, Hebrews 13. The very last chapter of that book. The seventh verse. Remember them which have the rule over you. Who have spoken to you the word of the Lord. Whose faith follow considering the end of their conversation. From the seventh verse go to the seventeenth verse. Obey them that have the rule over you. And submit yourselves. For they watch for your souls. As they that must give an account. That they may do it with joy and not with grief. For that is unprofitable for you. 
I preach from this message of all scriptures in this Bible to preach at a funeral. This was my scripture text at Brother Fleming's funeral. And I couldn't have found a more fitting scripture in this whole Bible. Because he'd been just that kind of man. Obey them that have the rule over you and submit yourselves for they watch for your souls as they that must give an account. Am I reading y'all out of the Bible? Do you believe with all your heart that someday some man is going to stand beside you and God at the judgment bar and going to give an account how you did when you was going to church? Have I just dreamed that up or do you believe that's the Bible I'm preaching to? I mean, somebody's going to have to do it. And the Bible said, don't let them have to hang their head and say, well, I sure do hate to talk about that fellow. I'm sorry you brought up that subject. But oh, let them be able to do it when they give an account. Let them not do it with sorrow, not do it with grief, but do it with what? With joy. Brother, I want to tell you, I can give a joyful. You may think that was an awful scripture to choose for a funeral service. Well, I'll tell you, the Lord gave it to me. I think it's an exciting one. If anybody can preach that one at your funeral, amen, you can rest assured they felt like you made it. Because if they can give an account for you with joy and don't have to do it with grief, that'll be profitable for you. Everybody give the Lord a hand clap. Acts, one more, and I saved the best one to last. The 8th chapter and the 31st verse. Listen to what this man said. And he said, this is Philip and the eunuch. And here's the eunuch was riding along his chariot, reading the word of God. And he asked him the question, understandest thou what thou readest? And he said, how can I? except some man should guide me. And he desired that Philip, he desired Philip, that he would come up and sit with him. I mean, this eunuch had an insight on the word of the Lord that some people, they're years about ever coming to it. They think they're going to go to heaven on their own. If you make it to heaven, I'm going to tell you again, it's going to be because you let somebody lead you to there and preach to you. Rebecca would have never got back to Isaac if she had not have listened to that man, the servant of Abraham, and take that long journey back to where he was at. And that's where we're at today. We're somewhere between there. We're on our way. We're riding the camels. But I'm going to tell you, I can see the lights of that city. How are you going to get there? He said, how can I accept some man should guide me? And he desired Philip. He said, come on up here, Philip. I want you to sit with me. I want you to ride with me. Oh, Jesus. You know what most people want to see the preacher? Sunday morning at 10 o'clock.
Don't want to see him Sunday night. Don't want to see him Wednesday night. Don't want to see him Friday night. Don't want to see him any day of the week. Sunday morning at 10 o'clock. That's not enough. You know what you need to do? You need to get this old book riding with you. You need to get this word of God in your heart. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, I'm here to tell you, he's not going to ask you to do nothing hard. The word of God is not going to call upon you to do anything hard. Just small things he's going to call on you to do. Lord, I want to be everything that I can be in your kingdom. That's what makes a great church. Let me, let me close here today in closing. Give you this. What makes a great church is when people rally together and do what they can do and what God has called upon them to do. I, I preached it back, oh, Year or so ago. The strength of a church is in the people that feel like I've only got one talent to give. And those that with one talent are the hardest people to get them to give and to get involved. But that's where the strength of our church is at today. It's not, it's not in the person that has five talents. It's not in the person that has two. But it's in that man that says, I've only got one talent. And the Bible said that man that had one talent, he'd taken that talent that he had, and he said, well, I know my master's a hard master. I don't know what to do with it. And the Bible said he'd taken it, and he hid it. And then the man that had five, he multiplied that five, and he had ten. The man that had two multiplied those two, and he had four. The man that had one hid the Lord's money or the Lord's talent. And the Bible said that the Lord came back to these men. He had gone into a far country, and he came back to take inventory of what they had done. And here comes the one with five, and he said, Lord, I've added five. He says, well done, thy good and faithful servant. One with two, I've added two to it. He says, well done. And then here comes the one with his head down, and he said, I'm sorry. I knew you was a hard master. I didn't feel like I could do anything, so I've taken this one talent, and I have hid this. And he, he said, I'll tell you what you do. Take that talent away from him and give it to the man that has ten. And then cast him in. Bind him hand and foot and cast him in the lake of fire. We're servants of the Lord today. He's gone to a far country. But you better hear this servant of Abraham that's trying to get you to heaven. He's going to come back one of these, these days and he's going to take inventory of what we've been doing. He's going to say, come on now, it's time to settle up. I gave you the Holy Ghost. I touched your life. I filled you with the Spirit. Now, what have you done with what you have received? Somebody said, I can't do nothing in church. I can't sing. I can't testify. I can't. I don't give me the I can't. Every person in this building can do something. 
Every person in this building. I'm going to tell you something. If you want to see this church flourish and grow and go forward and be victorious and overcome, you just let every person today that feels like I've just got one little talent push up their sleeves and say, I'm going to take what I've got and I'm going to use it to the very best of my ability to make God's kingdom great, to build the kingdom of God. Everybody give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Just one. Just one. One little talent. That's where our, our victory is at. That's where our success is at. Brother, that's, that's the talent that needs to be worked on today. Is every person in this building. Precious saints of God. You know what's been a sad experience in my life as a pastor? Is to talk to people and they, they feel like, I... I can't do nothing for God. I haven't done nothing for God. Now, I'm going to tell you what. The devil is defeating us and defeating your faith when you feel like the Lord has been so good to me and I've had the Holy Ghost all these years and I still haven't done anything for God. I'm not capable of doing anything. You are. Somebody said, should I, should I get up and try to sing? Is that what you're talking about? No. What I'm telling you today is whatever God has given you, you are to do that. We had a preacher here the other night. He was asking about some of the folks in this church, the Bairds. And he said, how long have they been coming? I said, they've been coming for years. He acted like he was surprised, Brother Beard. I said, they've been coming for years to this church. I said, they've been some of the rock support of this church. Dependable. Set you watch by. What can I do? I'm preaching to you what you can do. Don't take church casual. Don't take the gift that God has given you casual. What I've got, what God has given me, I'm going to use it. What you going to do? I'm going to go to church tonight. What you going to do when you get to church? I'm going to amen the preacher. I'm going to sing the songs this time. I'm going to go to the prayer room. What's handicapping us today? There are people. They can play horns, but they don't want to play no horn. They can play beautifully upon string instruments, but they don't want to play no They will not discipline themselves. They just don't want the worry of it. They don't want the headache. They don't want to meet Brother Bradford down here and Brother Tim Mullinex and, and get involved in the music, and they're, they're highly talented. <clears throat> I'm going to tell you, you may get by me, but when the master comes back around... He's going to frown at you. Oh, I knew the amens would get quiet. There are people that could walk through those doors and get on their knees and pray earnestly for this service tonight and have a burden for the service. But you think they'd have a burden for the service? No, they'd rather stand around those water fountains and talk and laugh and carry on foolishness while we're in there weeping before God and saying, God, touch some t- tender heart. Oh, I'm preaching now. I, I smell high burning and... They, they have no burden. They don't read between the lines. They didn't hear him when he said, make haste and come down the tree.
They didn't hear him when he said, they, can't see. they just said he thought he said, come down whenever you get ready. Drag around and get down there. They didn't hear that. They didn't, and he didn't say nothing about being joyful, so what do you do? Go to the prayer room. Go to the prayer room. That's all I ever hear down at that church. Go to the prayer room. Go to the prayer room. Yeah, come on in there. There'll be enough of us to outnumber you. We'll get that long face off you in spite of you resisting. Kind of like Brother Dean Martin's talking about playing those positive tapes. He's playing with one man riding in the truck and, and resisting them, didn't like to hear them. And he said, you know, I think of all he's tried to do, resisting is still getting to him. It's still soaking through. Amen. Hallelujah. Hey, if you don't like church, just come on anyway. We'll just, we'll just be so happy and excited about it. We'll be so glad about it. We'll, we'll rub off on you. We're contagious. We got a disease around here. Amen. We love this way. We love this way. We love this way. We're excited about this way. We want to be everything we can be for God. so much for me. He saved me. He changed me. He transformed me. He turned me around. I want to live for him. I want to work for him. I want to give him everything I can. You know what I found out? The more I empty out myself, the more I receive. I empty out a message up here and you know what my biggest problem was this morning when I left the house early this morning? My wife said, where are you going? I said, I'm going to church. Amen. I said, pray for me. i got a problem. She said, what's that? I said, I've got two messages. And i just got to find out which one I'm supposed to preach this morning. I said, I think I'll about burn them all out on this Zacchaeus stuff. Amen. And I think I'll just take a little break on this Zacchaeus message and preach something else. Something else, and next Sunday I'll jump back over on this Zacchaeus. Amen. And they'll kind of be ready to receive some more Zacchaeus. But when I got up here and got to praying, and I got to talking to the Lord, I knew it was Zacchaeus and it wasn't nothing else. And I said, Lord, I'll just preach it. I'll just preach it. I'll just preach it. Hear me, one talent. Do what you can do. Somebody said, I can't do much. I don't have much money to put in the building fund. Hey, whatever he leads you to do, you just do what you can do. And you quit worrying about what somebody else can do. I've watched people put thousands of dollars a month. And I've watched people put, buy one square, $55. Boy, it got quiet then. I'm going to tell you, in the eyes of God... The one that put the 55 just may have been doing more than the person that put thousands. Because he does not look at what you have given. He looks at what you've got after you've given. Oh, boy, boy, boy. I hit a, I hit a short. That has been 
the success and the victory of this church is because you people have followed me. Everybody say follow. Hey, I'm going to tell you, when this church quits following me, we're in trouble. I mean, if we talk about some project, it should not be a little section of brothers over here and say, okay, I'll give a hundred, I'll give, I'll give a thousand, I'll give five thousand. And somebody over here with just a few, few dollars say, well, I'm intimidated. I don't think I'll do anything because look, I can't give a, I can't, I can't give no more than a five dollar bill. Hey, we're not doing it to be seen. We're doing it as unto the Lord. Somebody said, yeah, but I don't think people are to know. Well, let me tell you, my friend, where Jesus was at one day. He stood at the treasure and he looked at everything they brought in. Preacher ain't supposed to know, will he? Jesus knew. When they brought the money in, where'd they lay it? They laid it at Peter's feet. He knew what was going on. Pastor, what you trying to do? I'm trying to wake the majority of this church up. I'm trying to wake the one talent up here today. Just trying to get you awake. Oh, the devil's lied. Can't do anything. Hey, we've got a great church. God sent us a brand new warrior. Two of them. Brother and Sister Bradford. It's going to be beautiful how they're going to work. They're, they're helping me fulfill a need in this church that I've been knowing. It was a long time, but I'm going to tell you, I can't cover every base. And the part that they're going to be playing and he's going to be playing is coordinating our whole program around here. Coordinating it together. Hallelujah. Hey, we've got a great thing. God's given us great victory. You know why people don't want to, you know why people don't want to use their one talent? Many, many reasons, but let me just give you one here. They're afraid. That's what that man said that hid his talent. He said, I was afraid. What are they afraid of? Afraid they're going to be embarrassed. Afraid it won't amount to nothing. Afraid. Afraid. Amen. I'll tell you another reason people don't want to use their talent. It's because they're, they're afraid somebody will mock them or somebody will laugh at them. They're afraid they'll get their words twisted up if they try to testify out of their heart. If they try to sing and they stumble, that's the reason they don't want to sing. Is because they're afraid they'll stumble. And the flesh never likes to be humiliated. My flesh don't either. You hear me? Amen. It doesn't like to. But I'm going to tell you something about that stumbling. That stumbling is good for us. The Apostle Paul said, I take joy in my infirmities. Amen. Stumble around, what do you do? Get down and pray, jump up, and try it harder next time. Amen. I'm going to tell you what parable is not to be used at all and have God just to put you over on a shelf and say, here, you're no value. You will not apply yourself. You will not use. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. I, I enjoy these singers. I enjoy all these singers. 
But I enjoy Sister Juanita singing. Amen. I enjoy hearing all of them sing. Come on, one talent, wake up. Everyone stand with me. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Yes, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. You know, I'll tell you, when we get back here tonight, brothers, you ought to go in that prayer room with me. If I'm, if I'm the one been sent by the Lord to lead you, that's where I'm leading you, right there in that prayer room. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Everybody bow your head and let's pray. Lift up your hands to the Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Hallelujah. 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 I'd like to ask all the brothers to come down here at the front. I just don't feel like just cutting this service off. Amen. Come on, brothers. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Oh, God. I tell you all we need to get in gear around this church is the one talents. Come on. Come on. Don't let nobody intimidate you. Don't let nobody hinder you. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Y'all pray with me right now together. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Oh, what an army we got in this church. What an army. What an army. Look around here. Amen. See an army. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Lord, wake up the sleeping giant that's in this church today. God, we're not minimizing what we've already done. We know there has been tremendous victories in this church. Lord, these people have been mightily used by you. I thank you for every one of them, oh God. But we want to lift up our eyes and see what else. What else? How you would lead us. Oh, God. Give us that holy and very divine guidance and direction, oh, Lord. In the name of Jesus. Oh, thank you, Jesus. 
Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. Somebody may ask the question, a big church, where can I fit in? I'm going to tell you there's more places and you got fingers and toes today. You know, all you've got to be is one thing, and that's willing. And don't put no criteria on it of, I'll do this, but I won't do this. Because i tell you what he's going to want you to do is what he desires out of you, not what you decide. You know what God wants every one of us to do is just present ourselves today and say, here I am, Lord. Mold me and make me. Use me, however you have me to use. And then when he says, come here. When you hear the call for the band, it's time for the band, hasten and do it. When you hear the call for the prayer rooms, hasten and do it. When you hear the call for the ushers to usher, hasten and do it. Amen. Let me not miss any today. Choir. I'm going to tell you one reason our children are not more disciplined and not involved like they should is because of our slowfulness, parents. But if you want to see your children saved, when it comes time for Brother Eddie's choir, you ought to get little Johnny and Susie lined up and say, Look, Johnny, I'm telling you, that's where I want you to be. And gently lead them down there to where they're meeting. And get them involved. Because one of these days they're going to slip up. And they're going to turn 12. And then they're going to turn 13. And they're going to turn 14. And about that time they're going to fool with some things. You're going to say, Lord, what in the world has gone wrong? That church, them, them other kids sure has messed them up. My children never did get any attention. And that's the reason they're doing so bad. No, you weren't paying attention when they was going through 11, 12, 13, and 14, they was hanging in the hall, they was fooling around. I'm telling y'all something. I don't want none of these teenagers hanging out in this hall tonight. None of them. I want every one of them where they're supposed to be. Amen? Sunday school teachers special singers. I appreciate Brother Tim Molnax. A number of times he sent me a note that announced I'll meet with, on his own, I never, had, I didn't have anything to do with it, said on his own, uh, Thursday night, have all the special singers that want to learn a new song, I'll meet them up here. Go over it where they can learn a new song to sing. Whatever, whatever talent, whatever you got, why don't we just give it to the Lord? Why instead of being 95, why don't we just push it on up there and get all the way? Do you think we could ever hit 100 around here? Huh? Somebody said that's selfish ego. Call it what you want to. You know what I see? I see time just ticking away. I see time ticking away. I see calendar. One month ripped off, and then another month ripped off behind that one. 
and another month ripped off behind that. And then here goes a year, and then another month, and another month. And time's getting away. I'm going to tell you what we're going to do. We better get with it. I don't know. Have I stirred anybody up today? Do you think we can? Hey, we're not, we're not trying to be competitive. You know all I want to be? All I want to be, I just want to be all that I can be. I don't care who preaches better than I preach. I don't care who does, does it better than I do it. Can speak with greater swelling words. That, that is not going to intimidate me one bit. And you people know I haven't been intimidated. I've called the best preachers there and said, come on, preach. I had a preacher here a while back. I was talking to a friend of mine and had just preached for him. I said, my goodness, what a preacher. He said, I'm telling you, those, those, those men are professional. They, they do it all the time, night after night. They're not going to stop me. I got one little talent. Amen. I got one little talent. You know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to give it everything I got with that little talent. Amen. I'm going to just keep shooting with everything within me. I'm going to be my best for Jesus. I'm going to be my best for Jesus. You know why I want to be my best for him? Because he has been so good to me. He has opened the windows of heaven and he's poured out his rich blessings on me and it just makes me want to do it. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. 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 Catch the vision. Catch the vision. You know what? I believe with all of my heart. I've, I've really felt it in my soul. And I'm going to say something. That it's taken a lot of prayer and a lot of faith to get up to this. But I really felt it. I felt like that God was going to open the windows of heaven if men would catch the faith, catch the vision, and have the faith. And they would be able to give that one offering a hundred thousand dollars. I felt it. I mean, it wasn't going to be something that you did. It was going to be a way that God was going to work through you. Amen. And I'm not boasting. I'm not bragging and patting myself on the back. I was as far from that as many of you. But I'll tell you what the Lord did for me. He enabled me to do just that at one time to give a hundred thousand on this building fund. Then I doubt in my mind it wasn't God that did it. I can tell you the story, take you to the place, show you how he done it. Not a doubt in my mind. Piece of property I'd had for years. It looked like it was passed over. But God said. Oh, Sam, you move that store back down here. And when he did, it got awful valuable. Well, hallelujah, hallelujah. Somebody said you're bragging. Well, just say whatever you want to. I'm really trying to give God the glory and inspire a little faith. If he can do it through me. He could sure do it through you. You know what he's looking for? He's just looking for some hands. Y'all forgive me. I'll probably go home and I don't know. Amen. I didn't mean to hold you this long. Amen. I've got you standing. Forgive me. I'm, I'm through. Hallelujah. I love you.
I love you. This is our day. We're writing history. Our children are going to look back to this day. They're going to wonder what we've been doing. What did we do? You'll soon be gone. You'll soon, life will pass. Oh, I didn't think my daddy was going to ever leave here. Time and days and weeks.